You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Australia, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders in Australia. I'm Mira. I help connect businesses with tech talent, and today I'm your host. And we are back with another episode of the Evolution Exchange Podcast. Today, I'm joined by some senior leaders from the Australian tech industry, and we're going to be discussing balancing legacy systems and technological advancements. So first, let's kick things off by meeting our panel. Um, I'll get you, Arvind, to start the introductions. Hey, guys. My name is Arvind. I'm an engineer at ShipIt. Uh, so ShipIt is a multi-carrier shipping platform that allows our merchants to be able to ship smarter, optimize their fulfillment, and at the end, give a better customer experience. Uh, we power some of the big names in Australia, such as Target, Cotton On, Nike, and many more. Uh, for me, I'm looking after team on the onboarding side of things, e-commerce integration, billing, and fulfillment. So what I'm passionate about from all those teams that I'm looking after, I'm passionate about dev experience. So I want to make sure my guys enjoying what they do at the same time can bring value to the customer. That's me. Yeah, love it. Thanks, Arvin. And Shri, if you wanted to go next. Hi, uh, I'm Shri. I work as an engineering manager with the NP Capital. Uh, NP Capital, most of you know, is the large global investment manager headquartered in Sydney. Uh, I've been with MP Capital for 18 months now, and it's my first job in Australia. Uh, from a background point of view, I come from a development background, grown through the engineering ranks, have been a developer, a technology architect, a solution architect, and in solution delivery as well. So I have been primarily working on banking and financial services, which is very relevant when you say legacy systems. <laughs> and I'm passionate about people and technology. Thanks, Sri. And Rahul, if you wanted to introduce yourself as well. Sure. So I'm Rahul Kheragaid. And um, yeah, I'm the development manager at Law & Order. They're taking care of a large team, uh, actually four teams, uh, two software development, a business intelligence, and the software support team. And uh, yeah, delivering in-house software products uh, for the uh, internal customers. And um, yeah, I am passionate about uh, technology, uh, like uh, technological advancements in um, that help solve real world problems and make things uh, a lot easier for the users. So make, making things simpler, infinitely simpler uh, for everybody to do uh, solving those kind of problems and uh, incorporating that in the software that we develop is, yeah, that's what my passion lies. Yeah. Great, thank you so much. And Raja, if you wanted to introduce yourself to everyone. Thanks, Mira. Hi, everyone. I'm Raja. Um, I lead the uh, engineering team here in uh, Expedia in Sydney. Um, working predominantly on the flight search space. Uh, been here for 18 months. Um, passionate about technology as usual, but I think it's about all the people who actually make the technology happen. At the end of the day, it depends on the. Uh, I, I look for, look out for uh, a developer's. Uh, comfort level in actually delivering solutions and that in turn will churn out good customer success and that's what I believe in. So hence I'm here to talk about modernization. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, thank you and last but not least Mitch. Hi guys, I work at NIB Group where I head up the engineering teams for the travel insurance department. Uh, historically uh, come from a developer and architectural background, but uh, for the past five or so years, I've been uh, heading up engineering groups. Uh, 
as more and more I find that's where my passion lies in in streamlining streamlining the teams and and getting the most out of our our uh, resources. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. Let's jump into our first question that was brought forward by Arvind to discuss, um, which is what are the factors you consider before deciding to transform legacy systems? So Arvind, it would be great to hear your thoughts on this first. Yeah, I think what I'm curious about really is I think everyone I'm sure has a different uh, situation on on the journey and at ShipIt, we're currently having a a monolith that we've been uh, having for seven years. There's a lot of tech debt, and we start seeing now with the, the scale of engineering team that we have, it's it's not scalable. Um, we want to iterate something, it gets lower. Um, when we want to get a talent, it's a bit hard because everything is in the legacy Ruby and Rails, which is not very popular in Australia. <laughs> I just I, I'm just really curious, what about your struggle and your consideration? Yeah, perfect. Mitch, did you want to kind of touch on that a bit first? I, oh, uh, it's interesting because you did mention a few of the factors already uh, in terms <laughs> of uh, onboarding people, learning and, and uh, difficulty in scaling. Um, I do like the question though, because it actually implies thinking before diving in and a lot of places tend to modernize without reason. Um, but uh, Things I've always had to consider are the business goals. Uh, some systems need the modernizing because they are the business focus and you need that speed to delivery and you need that um, efficiency. While uh, I've, I've seen some places try to dive in a bit quickly, trying to modernize things, but they're not really going to get that bang for buck or benefit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, the main thing over there is what are the eventual business goals, as Mitch mentioned, and what are we going to achieve by modernizing? Uh, that needs to be really clear uh, because once you start the modernizing project, there has to be a consistent, like a uh, like a consistent goal that we need to achieve uh, for the business, a consistent value that uh, will go out uh, that the modernization will deliver. I think that probably is one of the most important factors to consider uh, while uh, doing that modernization, that what are we going to achieve with it? Uh, what is the value? Yeah, thank you. Raja, you had something to say there too. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree with Mitch and Rahul's point there. Um, but just to be on a top level there, uh, one of the primary factors that we usually be consider is um, how fast can a particular product delivery reach a customer is the first question. And uh, the comfort zone that the developers have in delivering the solution as um, good as possible and as, as with quality as possible <laughs> is the first primary, uh, you know, concerning stuff that we think about before modernizing anything. Uh, we're not going to do anything overnight. It's just a matter of taking one piecemeal at a time. And uh, that's going to really help from what is the first uh, business value that the customer wants to be delivered in a very quick and agile way. And that's the first thing that we put forward as the candidate for modernization or you know, continuous delivery or whatever it is. It could be on the cloud or not a cloud, but what's the best possible piece of whole meal that we're going to deliver that, that the customer really needs delivery of. Um, that's that's so far been my experience in the last couple of companies as well. So. Uh, like any other project, it's, it's always end of date comes down to cost, time and the benefits that brings to the board. So we would probably would also have to look at the factors such as the people aspects of it. Uh, 
especially where I come from, I've seen uh, people continuing in an organization for quite a long time. Say, I have people in my team who have been with AMP for about 30 years. So it's difficult uh, call when you say about modernization. Yes, absolutely understand the issues that we face with monolithic applications and the architecture and the issues that it brings to the board. But uh, we also need to look at uh, when we take this decision, we take it in an inclusive way. Um, whereas we buy in the opinion, we take the opinion of these people as well, because otherwise these guys have seen they feel left out when especially when technology alone takes the decision of modernizing a platform where they've been used to working for about 30 years now. Absolutely. Uh, that's kind of one of the very um, sensitive areas when we are trying to look for modernizing, not for the sake of modernizing, it's also for the benefit of the organization, yeah. or from technology front and also from customer delivery front. Uh, it's also about the mindset. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people accepting that modernization. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's doing it for the sake of uh, picking up the the shiny new toy and modernizing <laughs> for the sake of it, as opposed to thinking about the actual, you know, what's the reason we're here to we're here to service the business at hand, and yeah. we have to try to make sure we can paint things from that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Possibly just um, trying to keep in view the user experience adds closely to what it is currently as possible than completely revamping, bringing up with something very different. Yeah, 100%. And I think that leads actually quite nicely onto your question, Tree, which is when is the right time to modernize systems? Yeah. Um, if you wanted to add some kind of context around that first. Yeah, uh, so um, what I've been thinking is, um, yeah, when is the right time to modernize the systems? Yes. Uh, there is on one hand uh, the technology which is moving at a very fast pace and there is at the other hand where the time and the effort that it takes to modernize the systems. So along with that, I also wanted to uh, kind of bring forward the view or understand the view of everybody on what the thoughts are on modernizing ahead of the curve. For example, when this cloud computing started off quite some time back, quite a lot of companies just jumped into cloud-based solutions without thinking whether it is the right solutions for me or not. So is it right to kind of adapt a technology ahead of the curve or do we wait for it to mature or do it based on our requirements? Yeah, I think over there, the right time to modernize the uh, software system is when I joined the organization. So <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, the most yeah. fun time for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, it is, uh, yeah, when the technology is so old that, uh, you know, um, you're not you're struggling to find people uh, to work in that technology. I think you've passed that time uh, already. They should have modernized a bit earlier. Uh, I did experience that with a uh, product that was uh, built in 1997 and uh, <laughs> still going on. So <laughs> parts of it were in C++ and it is a web application, mind you, a SaaS web application, uh, no, not less. So uh, yeah, parts of it were in C++, the VB six and uh, ruby.net, c all the way up to uh, some AWS lambda in the cloud. 
that was the whole software so it's uh, it's all, all over the place i think that was a bit too late uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah somewhere between these two points so. I, I think i'd say that uh in terms of when all the time um it, it can <laughs> like think of uh, continuous improvement as, as, as more than just a catchphrase and and always look for better ways to do things and and try to try to leave things behind you in a in a better better state in a better condition than you found it um but i guess reading a bit more into your questions sure you sort of uh almost post some questions along the lines of almost being an early adopter on some things and not not every system in every industry is well suited to early yeah. adopting a brand new piece of tech uh critic Critical financial systems, for example, aren't really going to be uh, launching on on beta platforms and and, and adopting <laughs> things instantly. Uh, but yeah, like a, I would say, anytime you're picking up a new bit of feature development or yep. a new sort of encapsulated initiative, definitely always review. Hey, what is what is the best way to do this for the longer term instead of always just doing things the way it's always been done? Yeah, I've last one on continuous improvement. I think, yeah, as a developer, we, we should always continue on improving, upgrading our stack. Um, and also, I think, to note there, um, because of we seeing continuous improvement, I think our stack will be better eventually. And I think the problem that we will see will become more feasible. And also, I think another aspect about modernizing ahead of the curve, I think probably I like the idea of doing spiking. So instead of doing it on the actual project yet, maybe get the guys to spike early. Maybe there is a new technology. Do you want to? Do you guys want to spike it so that then after they spike it, is there a possibility we can use it in in the part of the legacy system that we have? I think that will be my way of thinking so far. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Speaking on the continuous improvement, um, absolutely. I think. Um, more specifically with the with the piece that really matters to us most from business standpoint and that's going to be a candidate for continuous improvement if there is a futuristic uh, you know delivery that we want to look at you know from customer standpoint and and also you know developers happiness standpoint in the in, in the process of delivering it um, that'll be one of the first decisions um, at least from the businesses I've worked in before in the past as well um, so that's kind of a driving point as to say, yeah, this particular piece definitely needs a lot of things. So we are going, we are currently working on it. So why not make it a better delivery there? You know, why not have a have a have an advanced infrastructure, advanced, you know, improvement, continuous integration more, um, where there is apt apt data for us to prove, saying, you know, this particular deployment model that's being modernized right now is working wonders for us from customer delivery standpoint, and there's happiness everywhere. It's a women's situation. <laughs> Um, yeah. so that's been a focal at least. There's a challenge over here as well, though, with the continuous improvement, especially continuously adapting new technology stacks, because uh, how do you, uh, how would you match that up with a legacy system? You can't, I mean, yes, you do, and uh, you can potentially build, uh, I, mean, I don't know, uh, AWS Lambda uh, uh, microservice on top of a VB.NET uh, web application with ASMX web services, but that doesn't really sit well, even even though you might be building a new feature, uh, which can potentially go into uh, AWS Lambda microservices. 
uh, stack, but would you uh, would that be justified considering that the rest of the stack is actually pretty old? So uh, yeah. continuous improvement does have its uh, limits, I guess. Uh, and what are we talking about here uh, in terms of uh, how do we decide that? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's probably um, the way Mitch was explained, explaining. It's it's like whenever I uh, kind of get a new functionality to implement or improve, just look for opportunities if there is an option to modernize that piece. Mm -hmm. uh, like yeah. uh, and and picking up a new piece of functionality, it, I, I I've found that I had to less and less give the business and and the stakeholders a choice between okay we can do this the quick way or we can do this the long maintainable way. Uh, 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 Giving that's really handing the reins off yourself and, and making a non-expert responsible for very critical decisions on your technological architecture and it starts to get a bit crazy. Um, so that's kind of a hard line that I've had to step up and draw a few times to try and make sure these things happen. Yeah, yeah perfect. Did you have something to say there? Sorry, Raja. Oh, no, thanks. Yeah, okay. I think, yeah, Mitch, that actually leads quite well into the next question. Um, now that we've kind of gone through the factors and the right time to do that, I know Rahul had a question about how do you justify the business case of rewriting a working legacy system um, using a modern technology stack? So, yeah, Rahul, if you wanted to elaborate yeah. on that for me. Sure, yes, yes. So this question is mostly about, you know, the business is uh, continuing, uh, BAU is continuing as it is, and uh, you've got a legacy system. That is a challenge to maintain, but yes, it is still being maintained by a relative, uh, like with a significant team of software developers. You've got seven developers maintaining a, a software system, which is, uh, well, not ideal, but at the same time, uh, you know, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. The business has already costed it in and uh, it's going on for a couple of years, five years, six years. You know, as a development manager or a head of development that uh, modernizing it uh, would mean an additional inflow of uh, engineers to really uh, do the work and running that over significant overhead cost. And uh, how do you justify that significant overhead cost to actually eventually uh, cut down the cost uh, on the uh, maintenance side and possibly improve the business system? So that's really uh, where uh, one of the most uh, interesting uh, challenges uh, which I faced came from where uh, I was working with the technology system and it took me around six months uh, just to convince everybody that you know, you know uh, this is the right time to modernize because um, we uh, we're going to build in new features. Yes, we can use the existing technology stack to build in the new features, but at the same time, do we really want do we want to miss this opportunity out and uh, focus on uh, over here, spend a little bit of time uh, and do that modernization so that we have a lot more efficient system? So that that was a big challenge for me, and I thought I'll put it to the uh, team over here <laughs> to see uh, how would you go about uh, you know convincing. What arguments would you put there uh, to convince the business? There, there is always a bone of contention there, actually, between <laughs> <laughs> the management, higher management, lower management, and the developers as well. I think the first factor uh, these days, actually, at least in the Australian market, believe, uh, are there are there enough long-term people to actually carry on the legacy of the system? First of all, right, mm -hmm. and 
that would be, I mean, we're talking about legacy systems over here. So are those people who were uh, the so-called owners of those applications, are they going to be willing to carry it forward in the same boat, right? And which is, if that's not the case, do we have enough people or do we have the right people to actually take this boat and modernize it? And and based on the current technology trends and then the technological skills that people have, I think uh, we have to strike a balance uh, in that we have, we have got people to do the specific modernization work and we also have enough people as of now to maintain the legacy technology. Um, when this balance is still there, try to achieve that, achieve the modernization. So we have got some failover in both the sides. Uh, and then when the technological advancement is done, it's always not going to be too late for the legacy guys to learn such things actually and move it forward as well. right? And that's the first factor I've always looked at as well. But it's an interesting topic to <laughs> really, <laughs> really yeah. argue with the question, absolutely. <laughs> Probably another point that we might be able to use to convince the business is also the short term capital expenses versus your long term cost that yeah, you keep spending. And again, um, that would also indirectly lead on to Raja's point of if someone who has the skill today is to leave, how do we backfill that as well? Yeah, I mean, it, if you're looking for the business case to, to justify what you want done, think really think of the reasons why you want it done. It's it's a simple self-answering question, and and you can say, hey, look, I, I have because I have seven developers here who are working on nothing but keeping the lights on on this thing. Okay, seven developers that equals a million dollars per annum. Um, and go, hey guys. Can we can we find a better use for a million dollars? Because I, I think I can, um, <laughs> and maybe that you're having trouble hiring, and you could highlight that as critical business risks. Um, in you know, if if we if we have these key people who are looking after this arcane bit of software that um, it would be very hard to onboard people into, and they leave, uh, we might be in deep trouble. Um, yeah. So so there's there's dollars, there's risks, and um, but yeah, the, your reasons and the business's reasons should hopefully actually just be in alignment. Um, yeah. But uh, in experience and, and in hindsight, <laughs> usually when the world is burning down around people's ears, that's that's really when <laughs> that's they will start. <laughs> that's when they'll start agreeing to things and uh, yeah. they yeah. want something urgently. And you're like, actually, in this old piece of software, it's going to take us six months to build this tiny little widget, and then people start to uh, see the light. Usually, too late, but uh, better late than never. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> um, and what, have you had? What's your experience there? Yeah, so uh, my team, uh, I think. My team was just finished on uh, migrating our old UI to React. This was a big success. Uh, and Maybe. I remember back then when I pitched it, uh, when we pitched it to the guys, was like, if we, so the way we pitch it is the cycle time. Um, if we use the, on the legacy system, if we do it for the next project after this, it's gonna take us six months for this feature, this new feature that we're gonna build. With the new one, because of the cycle time, the technology is better, more people understand it, we can probably take one or two sprint. And we we get that business case, we, we pitch it to the board and sounded not not very smooth at the beginning, but yeah, I think at the end they, they all agree, let's let's build it. And now the guys can see the value. I think 
now I think for for most uh, the next coming project, I'm probably gonna remind the guys again, hey, this is what we did before because of the modernization. So yeah, trust the process. Trust the process. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Here at, at NRD, we had a, uh, a hackathon day where we sort of picked love up some things, things that we would love the that the business would love to to do, and we thought they were interesting. And and yeah, some of it involved, hey, we're going to tie some of these things into some newer platforms that we have, and we managed to actually tick off quite a bit of stuff in a day. And then suddenly, I had heads of marketing, etc., coming to me going. Wow, all of our systems built in this. Everything's so fast. We we should just have, you know, five hackathon days a week, and then everything will be easily done in no time. Um, and, and it ties into what Arvind said. Well, that's about. actually to uh, basically ties into the agile principles as well, where the development is led by the uh, engineers uh, quite a bit. So, uh, so it, that really helps modernize the uh, systems as well, and plus that adopt that model where uh, technology. Uh, advancement is not pushed from top down, but is uh, instead accepted from the bottom up, uh, ground up, uh, with uh, from the engineers. That they, those companies do progress really well in keeping systems quite modern. So, yeah. The people so, outside of tech, it's like seeing exactly. is believing. When when they that <laughs> that they probably don't believe you when you just say these modern techs are going to speed things up, but when they see it, that's when yeah. they're, that's, they're really yeah, on the love it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You've cracked yeah. the case, just a hackathon. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 what was that, Raja? <laughs> just put the developers in the room, get them to hack the whole week, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, instead of uh, promising the business something, uh, get them to allocate a week and uh, see what you can get. Yeah, that's true. That might work. <laughs> No, exactly right. And I guess thanks everyone for the contribution so far. That was a good one. Uh, moving on to Raj's question, which I think is super important, especially in the current market as it is right now. Um, and that is how do we balance maintaining legacy systems and modernizing architecture in the minds of employees, specifically relating to retention? Yeah, uh, so I think this is just continuing from what we talked to Rahul's question last time. So it's about striking this particular balance between employees who have been sailing the boat for so long and also the very thought of modernizing them. And that essentially means that there's going to be a knowledge gap. Functionally speaking, there's going to be a lot of frustrations coming in picture. <laughs> um, so I was always wondered, there is no one single solution to handle this balance. Um, one of the first things could be about uh, endorsing the benefits of modernizing, you know, keeping in mind the, again, the same customer delivery process, um, and then try to get the uh, the legacy system owners to, you know, come forward to actually, you know, open it up for, for modernization. Uh, that's one thing. And again, that's going to be uh, in the best interest of the organization's business value, right? Um, but I just, I'm very keen to hear your thoughts on what else could be the challenges and what are the main challenges that you've faced so experience, if there have been any? Uh, yeah, that, that hits quite close. So just like probably every other company on the planet, we also have an old monolith and we have some newer stuff that we're building <laughs> and we're working on the old stuff. It's, it's demoralizing for people. It's not fun. Um, mm. it, it's slow, it's clunky. Running a build takes 45 minutes. It's just... Uh, it's, it's not ideal. Um, I've found whatever you do, be honest. If you if you 
say, hey, we're working towards this shiny new thing, but then people don't see progress, it's going to beat them down even more. Um, so first step is always, you know, be honest with that and make sure that people, if, if they're going to have to be working on this, be upfront and especially during recruitment as well, don't recruit somebody showing them all your pretty things, but then, um, uh, you know, shove them into the, into the depths would, of hell. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's always on the job advert, just a nice little shopping list of technologies, but it's like, when are you actually using all those technologies? Are you using them already or when exactly? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you've got to be honest there and, and then come up with a plan. So, okay, we'll get the business case going. Try, try to get buy-in. And if you can get that, then have your architectural plan and your future state mapped out so that it becomes a behavior that is visible in the team so that they can use that to see, hey, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and they, could, they can use that as a way to, you know, argue their, argue their case for improving certain things. Um, but it's, a, it's hard and just remind them, hey, we're all in this together. Um, and, you know, we're talking in this forum, we've all got these monoliths. They're not going to be better off anywhere else. Um, <laughs> everywhere else is showing all their pretty things, but down <laughs> under the hood, there's, 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 you know, dragons under there. Too yeah, true. In terms of the question, I had a different interpretation of the question as well. I think uh, the biggest uh, challenge which I faced uh, a while ago was when modernizing the systems, how do I get the developers to buy in, especially those who have been with the organization, as she said, for 30 years, uh, those are the people uh, that you, uh, have been maintaining that uh, application for a very, very long time. They know all the nooks and crannies of the application, and now you want to modernize that system and uh, get them uh, to get them on that journey, essentially, of uh, build, rebuilding that whole system from scratch in the modern tech. Things that they've been uh, doing over the past five years, now we know that that can be done in two months. So that is a big, uh, that's a, like a big reckoning uh, for everybody uh, at that, uh, in that area. And uh, I guess, uh, as Mitch mentioned, we need to be upfront and honest with the team that, okay, this is where the organization is going towards. Once you've decided and once you've uh, put that business case and have that approved, uh, you need to be upfront and honest with everybody. This is the direction that we are heading in. This is the, these are the resources that we'll be hiring who will be helping us uh, rebuild uh, the application in a modern tech stack and there will be an overlap over there and it is uh, it in my personal opinion it was very difficult to get a person who's been working for a long time on a legacy app to get them to build a new one even if they are interested in doing that i think uh, getting a fresh team and uh, getting that built and then uh, transitioning people on from the old legacy team onto the new uh, system works better rather than getting giving an existing team the charge to uh, uh, rewrite it completely from scratch because their mindset is already fixed in that legacy uh, application not their fault uh, but it's <laughs> it's it's just where their head spaces and yeah. just what they're thinking uh -huh. I hadn't even considered that point of view about resistance from technologists to upgrading <laughs> their technology. I know, yeah. Um, but, but you're probably right that, that there's definitely, uh, you've yeah. got to gotta take both cases into account. <laughs> yes. yeah, so I we, know. we do have Just faced it quite very often, uh, especially when people are used to using a certain system for quite a long time. Whenever somebody is asking them questions, it's mostly on top of their head how to get that done. 
Yeah. So it's easy for them to fix the problem, fix the issue and move forward. But uh, when they start hearing that those systems are getting replaced by something else, the first things that start thinking is what do I do now? Where is my value? After working for so long, where do I go next? So that's something which we really need to kind of uh, educate them and maybe give a path forward for them, um, mm. use them as consultants when it comes to implementing the functionality on the newer systems, uh, uh, give them a role where they can contribute. Absolutely and, honest with them, yeah, tell them, yeah, this is what the reality is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. make them part of the journey, kind of. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much. That's very much a very people way of tackling stuff, and that's what is the need of the hour, actually. And I believe more than uh, more than the uh, the organizational decision, I think it's about uh, you know convincing them of the purpose is is the foremost thing that we can put forward. Actually, you know, that's the first step. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Shiva. <laughs> yeah, I found the same. I think convincing the guy who is resistant with the new technology is probably the hardest. Uh, the way I did it in the past, uh, really, I I cannot need to explain why we, we need to move to this direction. Uh, obviously, we know the reason that, yeah, this probably nobody else can support this. There's no light in the tunnel and stuff like that. Yeah, but I think we need to probably uh, reach out to them in the personal level. That That's what I found works. And then give them training, make, make sure they're comfortable with the plan. So... They, they they can come and yeah support us as well in the planning absolutely and yeah i think if we have a bit of evidence on where we already done it in the past it's also easier we can say uh you see this project already done it and you can see now their fellow city is faster and they can relate a bit more i think the more we have that evidence the better it is for sure I think we took a bit of a turn there. I was definitely thinking, oh, everyone's just the shiny things, but we've got to take into account people who are a little bit scared of the unknown sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Some people uh, might see job security and the fact that yeah, they, exactly. are, they are yeah. the only ones who know this uh, and, and changing it is putting them out of the job. Um, exactly. We're used to putting other teams out of the job, not our own team. You need to balance yeah. that. Yeah. Perfect. And we'll finish up with Mitch's question, which I think is a good one to end it with, actually. Um, and that's how do we go about decommissioning those last stubborn pieces of legacy apps so that you can finally cross it off your list as a maintained system? Yeah. Um, so last few jobs, there's there's always there's always a, a migration project going on where there's some old system that's dragging everything down <laughs> and, and, and you gradually eat away and you do modernize it and, and you pull it apart one service at a time. And there's plenty of talk about the various patterns, strang strangler patterns and, and hollowing out this system bit by bit. Every single time I do that, there's, there's like the last 20% is left there and it's really stubborn. And, and if you turn it off, all hell breaks loose. But if you don't, you still have, it, it's like it's been for naught and, and your whole and your team still has to sit there maintaining this last bit. Um, I don't know whether you guys have come across the same problems, but I'd love to hear your feedback. Evidently, this has been happening, actually. <laughs> 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 no, you've come to the right audience, to be honest. Uh, yeah. 
essentially the, the legacy guys are actually enjoying this space, to be honest. So this particular situation where there is this last piece hanging over there and it's difficult to actually get on, get it modernizing it and delivering it um, because of the nitty gritties of the problems that we have already, you know, in migrating itself. Um, so the again, piecemeal at a time. That's the first thing we do. Uh, testing is actually one of the challenge. Um, as soon as we migrate it over to another modern technology, um, along with the testing, it's also about the data that's needed for testing and how that data behaves in a different platform uh, of the you know when we are moving the legacy system over. That's one of the challenges. Um, one thing that I think we have adopted in the in the in the previous company in India um, was that we prepared the data uh, and the data should actually govern the technological um, choice that we make for the for the future. Um, specifically, working on a telecommunication platform, um, this was the need of the hour because there was a lot of quite a few warehousing data that actually was that was the deciding point of technological choice actually. Um, and uh, we had quite a few uh, prepaid and postpaid subscriber specific data, provisioning data, provisioned data specific data, uh, and which needed uh, to be warehoused and analyzed so that we can make those choices. And that was kind of making it easier from testing standpoint and also from you know people standpoint as well. That's one of my experiences, yes. Sorry. I have uh, an idea of a monolith as a base, and I think we should uh, keep taming the base somehow. So chipping it uh, little by little until the base become like a little monster, and <laughs> at the end become insignificant. Um, I'm hoping towards the end of crossing the list, this has become such an insignificant, and this is the question of, does this matter if we don't migrate this? or if it matters, then okay, let's migrate it, but it's less effort. That's really what I'm hoping, but I haven't really experienced that as much, to be honest, but that's how I see it. So I've seen situations where we start modernizing a certain functionality. Um, during the course of time, we definitely have to maintain both the new solution as well as the old solution, but at certain point in time, sometimes it happens some maybe it's business driven, maybe it's cost driven, different reasons. We would have migrated that 80% of the functionality into new systems, but this 20% is still sitting here. So exactly the issue that Mitch was talking about <laughs> the last time, but this is where at least you know you've got it in common. <laughs> exactly. Uh, misery loves company. Doesn't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't let you go. Kind of, yeah. 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 So yeah, um, I think oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, so um Sometimes it's cost driven, like I was mentioning, uh, that the project has run out of cost. We've done what we can with that cost. But uh, there again, what probably we would have to uh, start thinking about is the long term cost again, because now we are ending up maintaining multiple systems for the same purposes where the 80% functionality is on the new one and the new 20% is still on the old one. So, yeah, so that's probably something which we have to start doing. Little by little, maybe sometimes use the OPEX cost to manage that one at a time. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah I or, think I guess back to the drawing board with a with a new business case to, to, <laughs> to finish off our to, to modernize yeah. our new smaller legacy system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah. 
Yeah. And I think over here, a top-down approach does help as well, where instead of uh, seeing that uh, 20% as a piece of uh, technology uh, tech debt, you see it uh, from the top-down as what are the uh, what breaks when you don't have that and what is the problem. And then you uh, sit with a business analyst and solve that problem essentially uh, to say, okay, this is the user functionality that's not working because of this. And it could be a very huge part of it, but at the same time, it is a doable part. So uh, almost like rip the band-aid, let it break, and then uh, fix it up uh, properly kind of thing. I think that uh, if you've gotten into a situation where you're unable to do that 20%, yeah, a top-down approach should yeah, be better aware, and really that will also affect the fact. Yeah, really good point in bringing a business analyst in there because uh, generally, when you talk to individuals across the business, every bit of their job that they do is so super critical. But uh, the business yeah. analyst can tend to have that broader view and go, "Actually, you don't need to do that anymore." Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's the fact. Yeah, that's true. I stick in on that. Um, along with that, it's also about. The business analysts obviously have a, a top-down approach usually. <laughs> you know, specifically engineering teams usually go from bottom-up usually. Uh, so they're, they're the better people to, to communicate on what's the first priority and where should be hang, hanging in the old one and where should be hanging in the new one. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Dr. Wright, has anyone got some final last contributions? Probably most of these questions, I think we can still talk. <laughs> we can take it offline after. <laughs> if we had the answers, I guess it would be a, a solved problem, but uh, it, it's clearly not as it's, it's the same problem being faced by so many companies and, and we're all fumbling our way through it. But uh, I guess forums like this where you can share ideas are really helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. There isn't yeah. one single way to tackle these problems. Um, there are, there's no one rule book as well. So it's about the situational, you know, um, and making sure that we deliver the best thing that's possible to our end users or to our stakeholders. And, and based on that, we take decisions on various of these problems. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I love it. And thank you everyone, yeah, for joining today and great questions put forward and even better contributions. So I hope you all got something out of it, but we'll leave the discussion for here and take it offline for a bit later. <laughs> um, but just like to say a big thanks again to Arvin, Sri, Rahul, Raja and Mitch for the great discussion on balancing legacy systems and technological advancements. So thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next time on the installment of the Evolution Exchange. <laughs>